0: Uh, I hope, Firstly, I hope everyone had a great week. We, I know it was fairly hot. Uh, for those who enjoy the hot weather, I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, if you did not, remind yourselves of the winter here in Chicago. So uh, that's what I always had to do last week, is whenever you, I went outside, it was super hot. You know, we took the kids to go play some tennis, we walked around town, and it was super hot. And I had to remind myself, it's better to be like this than in the winter in Chicago. And thank goodness for the AC. Right, so this morning we will begin, that's the best joke that I, that I can come up with. So uh, hopefully you guys will stay with me, don't tune out. This morning we will begin a three-week series on what I have titled as The Significance of Jesus. And um, I believe that we must, once in a while, pause to remind ourselves, uh, both corporately as a church and individually as people, to remind ourselves of who Jesus is, and uh, and 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 what He has done for us, so that we can stay on the path that Jesus has set out for us. You know, I know we all have different callings and different paths that Jesus has placed us on, but the more that we can be reminded of who Jesus is, the more that we can stay on the path and walk into all the things that God has called us to walk into. So, no matter um, how how daunting or how hot last week was, or how boring or how challenging or how tiring or how unexciting the current path that we 're on, once we are reminded of who Jesus is and why we do the things that we do, it will allow us to have more confidence to stay the course, have the confidence to and the conviction to remain who we are, who Jesus has called us to be, have the uh, resiliency, have the wisdom and the discernment to, to continue to stay the course. So, of course, we will go off course and, and otherwise, not other, off course, otherwise, we will slowly, slowly go off course and beginning to do the things that we want to do, right? or beginning to do the things that we feel like we should do, or beginning to do the things that society is telling us that we need to do. right? Uh, for, for those who, who are older now, so the typical thing is what? You grow up you go to college you get married you have two and a half kids you have one and a half pets otherwise we will fall into that path versus doing the things that god has called us to do uh, and then we will go off course uh, of course and eventually start living according to our own desires what we think is right for us so if that is the case eventually the series would be called the significance of self but if we understand the significance of jesus and who he is, that will help us to remain on course. And also knowing Jesus will help us to answer the big question. I think it's a big question. Is we, we all will eventually run up against. If you have not asked yourself this question yet, you have not lived enough, if I can say that. Like, the question is, what do I do with my life? Like, what am I doing with my life? But if we know who Jesus is, we will have the answer to that. And I want to kick off this series by referring us to the uh, book of Revelation, chapter 1, verse 1. It starts with the revelation from Jesus Christ. So firstly, I want to stop right there. So anytime revelation comes up, you always get mixed reaction. So I'm not here to talk about the end times. I'm just here to talk about Jesus. But I just want to make sure I say that because anytime the topic of revelation come up, there's always people talking about end times and debating on the end times. I'm not here to talk about the end times. I just want to make sure I say that beforehand. So uh, the revelation from Jesus Christ. Revelation, this word means is a a revealing or an unveiling. For those of you who, I'm 51, and for those of you who are old enough when you used to go to the movie theater and the curtains would open up, right? They don't do that anymore nowadays. So that's what it means. The, 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 The curtains are being opened up and we can see what's behind the curtains. And that's what revealing means. So essentially, the revelation from Jesus Christ is the revelation of Jesus Christ. So therefore, this book, Revelation, is a revelation from Jesus, and it is the final book in the Bible, and I think we all know that. And it the Bible is is comprised of books about Jesus, and in a sense, it is the final book on the revelation of Jesus. We know that the Old Testament are all the books that point to Jesus, right? Kind of like a, a directions, right? Signpost. Uh, the people that lived back then, they would have hints and prophetic images and these stories and the things that God will tell them there's a savior that's coming and when he comes it's going to be like this all the things that he will do so that's what it means that people like to use the term signpost or directions or street signs so that's what the old testament is about all the books in the old testament point to Jesus and all the books in the new testament is about Jesus so this final book is about Jesus so the book of revelation is the last book about Jesus so the, it, it had caused many debates, as I said, and through those many debates about the end time, as in what will happen and how it will happen, I believe we have lost focus on the most important figure in the book of Revelation, which is Jesus. We, as people in general, have a tendency to get caught up in, uh, caught up in the symbols, right, the signs and the prophetic images, there have been many, many books written on those things. Uh, and, and the reason sometimes we get caught up in those things is to satisfy our thirst for knowledge. I can say that because I love reading and I love learning new things. But the, when we get caught up in all those things, it causes us to lose the focus, causes the focus to be shift away from Jesus, right? People start debating about the end time, pre-trib, post-tribulations, accept Jesus except for Jesus in this book, and Jesus became just another figure in a long list of figures and symbols and signs to be interpreted. So this book is meant to give us a glimpse of our glorious, victorious king. That's what the book of Revelation is supposed to be about. However, which I know, and I think I'm being honest, when you talk about the book of Revelation, it's always about war and hunger and famine No, we need to recognize it is about Jesus first and foremost. And the book of Revelation was revealed from Jesus about him so we can have the confidence, like I said, a conviction to live the life as disciples of Jesus, which Ryan shared brilliantly last week. Uh, The emphasis of Revelation and every other book in the Bible should always be on Jesus. So personally, for me, I would actually encourage people to read thoroughly the first eight chapters in Revelation. Then skip all the way to the end chapter 21 and chapter 22 until we truly know as in what vanessa shares like intimately and know deeply within our hearts the majesty the power the holiness of jesus until we truly deeply intimately know those things and know that the amazing sacrifice of jesus like how amazing he is and he sacrificed himself he took the sacrifice himself, took, took that on for each and every one of us. Only until then should we start reading the rest of Revelations. Because without knowing Jesus, all the other things will distract us and take, it, take us away from who Jesus is. And we will get worried, we will get scared, right? It's like, oh, am I going to be left behind? Am I going to be taken away? Doesn't matter. Know about Jesus. So we must know Jesus intimately and deeply above all else. First and foremost, if there's only one takeaway, you can tune out for the rest of the sermon. But if there's one takeaway, know about Jesus. He is the most important figure in the whole Bible. It's good that we know about the prophetic. It's good that we know about the gifts. It's good that we know about the Holy Spirit, which those things are important. But we must know Jesus first and foremost. Know the amazing one true living God, and that is Jesus Right? It's important to make sure that we always place Jesus above all the signs and the symbols, just like we said, just like the songs that we sing. He is above all things. So here's a quote from um, Charles Spurgeon, a well-respected theologian, about how Jesus sometimes gets lost in the attempt, uh, in our attempt to study the symbols and the signs and the prophetic images. The great fault of many professors. So these are the people who us for knowledge. The great fault of many professors is that Christ is to them a character upon paper, certainly more than a myth, but yet a person of the dim past, an historical personage who lived many years ago and did most admirable deeds by which we are saved, but who is far from being a living, present, bright reality. Man, that's a gut check. When I read that, I was like, wow, that is a gut check, at least for me. So that, type, that statement is a tough rebuke to many people who thirst for knowledge. And, and I put myself in that category, category, which as we thirst for knowledge, as I said earlier, we forget who, Jew, who Jesus truly is to each and every one of us. Like, who is Jesus to me? Ask ourselves these questions. Is Jesus a character upon paper? Or is he the one true living God? These are tough questions if we're really honest with ourselves. Right? Is Jesus a person of the dim past, just like what Charles Spurgeon said, a historical personage who lived many years ago? Or is he always present in our daily lives, every day, from the time we get up to the time we go to bed? Is Jesus the brightest light in our lives, the shining light that overwhelms everything, Everything else around us and the light that we follow, is, there, is Jesus that bright light in our reality? Or is our job the brightest light in our reality? Or is it our reputation, the brightest light in our reality? Like that's how we live. Or is it the, um, the relationship that we have? Or is it the conforming with society? Because when we go to school, when we go to work, people tell us we need to act a certain way. Is that the brightest light that outer our rea- reality? Or is it Jesus? that outer that our reality of how we live. So we must, and I felt like we, we, we must use the term we must, not we should or we should consider, but we must get to know Jesus and make sure that he is a living, present, bright reality in our lives. So he is the God who created all things, right? If we truly believe that, he's pretty amazing instead of just saying it because sometimes we get so used to just repeat Oh, he's the God who created all things. But if we truly believe it, then we will live differently, right? And nothing exists if he didn't create it. He formed the universe. He knows what happened in, in the beginning, and he knows what will happen at the end. So this is the very same God, Jesus Christ, this amazing, wonderful, unbelievable God who willingly died on the cross for our sins so we can all be forgiven, that is amazing, right? If we have that revelation of who Jesus is and how amazing it is, and then come to the next revelation that he willingly died for each of us, every one of us, you and I, so then we can have eternal life. That is amazing. So that's why it's important for us to, get to want to get to know Jesus. I want to use an illustration, and um, I'm asking if you can give me some liberty, some grace for this illustration. It's illustration of Jesus as an amazing island where if we go there... I love to travel. Do you guys like to travel? Anyone? Who does not love to travel? All right. I, I'm glad to. Marie. No, you can't raise your hand. So, so, so Jesus is this amazing island where all of our wishes will come true, right? And that's where we will go and live forever. And the church is a boat that takes people to the island. Obviously, we, we don't need the church to get into uh, heaven, but it is the best option because it is provided by Jesus for us to get as many people on the boat as possible. So I'm asking you to, to give me some liberty in this. So what I want to know is to stress about this amazing island that we're going to go to. That should be the most important thing we want to talk about, right? When we want to share with people about. We want to brag about. I'm going to this island. This is an amazing island, amazing beach, mountains in that sports complex. Heaven for me will always have a sports complex. So uh, I know you guys don't always agree, but it will always have an amazing sports complex, an amazing library that you can read. Um, there's the ho- amazing hotel and amazing food. It has to have amazing food. Um, so that's what we want to talk about. You don't want to talk about the boat that takes you to the island. So it's almost the same thing as we want to talk about, oh, let's go to this church. This church is great. It's big. It's small. It's loud. It's loud. It's quiet. Or you don't want to talk about the captain, right? In this case, maybe the pastor. You don't want to talk about someone who's very charismatic. The captain's charismatic. The captain is boring. It's plain. It's exciting. You want to talk about the island, the amazing place. So that's what I'm trying to say is we want to talk about Jesus because I think sometimes we fall into this place. It's like, hey, come to church because this church is A, B, C, and D versus come to church because these people love Jesus. That's what we want to be known for. It doesn't matter. We, we know we love worship, but we want to be known as people who love Jesus, first and foremost, and that will come through in our worship, that will come through in our prayer life, and that will come through in how we love people, that will come through in how we treat people, that will come through in terms like how we live our lives. We want to be known as people who love Jesus. So that's why I use that illustration. Is if we're going to go on a vacation somewhere, you don't want to talk about the flight, right, to the place that we're going to. We have the privilege of traveling to uh, to, uh, South Africa as a whole family uh, six, seven years ago. It was an amazing trip. But you will never catch me talk about the flight. We will talk about the places that we went to, Cape Town, the safari, the penguin beaches, and the time that we spent together, and the amazing people, and and the food. That is the same thing as about Jesus, right? We want to talk about Jesus. We want to know so much about Jesus we cannot stop talking about him to other people because if we know the church more than we know jesus and the church is very important i think if you guys have been here any amount of time you know that we stress the local church but if we know the local church more than we know jesus or we talked about the local church more than we talked about jesus let's shift our focus and point people to jesus at least shift our own focus and let's learn more about who he is So, so thank you for giving me a little, uh, some liberty of that example that I just used because I know the, the boat is not the church. The church is not the boat. Um, so get to know Jesus. So let's read a little bit more about why we must get to know Jesus and continue to grow in our understanding on the significance of Jesus. So let's look at Revelation chapter one, verse eight. I am the alpha and the omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was, and who is to come. The Almighty. That's Jesus, right? He's the beginning and the end. He's the first and the last. There's no one that come before him. There's no one that come after him. There's no one that's stronger than him. There's no one that's like above him. Jesus is the first and the last. He is the Almighty. Thank you. He's the Almighty. I am the Almighty. Right? And then let's jump to, uh, to verse 12. Uh, this is when John was speaking. I turn around and see the voice that was speaking to me. And when I turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And among the lampstands was someone like a son of man, dressed in a robe, reaching down to his feet and with a golden sash around his chest. Okay, here's the description of Jesus. Let's listen to this. The hair on his head was white, like wool, as white as snow. And his eyes were like blazing fire. His feet were like bronze glowing in the furnace, and his voice was like the sound of rushing waters. In his right hand, he held seven stars, and coming out of his mouth was a sharp, double-edged sword. His face was like the sun, shining in all its brilliance. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. Isn't that amazing? Uh, we just talked about last week how it's really sunny and hot, and I don't recommend this, and I'm sure you guys have heard this before. If you look into the sun, you will go blind. That's what it's like. Jesus' face, just have a glimpse of his face, will blind you. Have you guys ever traveled somewhere where there's, uh, you're standing next to the waterfall, and there's rush, the sound of rushing water? You cannot even hear yourself think. That's how loud his voice is. So if we focus on him and look to him, Nothing else can distract us. Nothing else can take our eyes away from Jesus. And let us not forget that John, this is the same John that spent a lot of time with Jesus while Jesus was on earth. John loved Jesus, and he, John was loved by Jesus. He witnessed countless miracles. He saw Jesus raise the dead, heal the sick, cast out demons, and, and... John saw Jesus ascended into heaven. Isn't that amazing? He saw all those things. And there were so many miracles that were done that there was not even enough room to keep all the books that were written. We learned this, right? We just went through the series on the book of John, in John 21, 25. Jesus did many other things as well. It's, if every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written. That's how many miracles that Jesus did. So that's, John saw all those things up close and personal. First-hand account. So with the backdrop of knowing that John spent many days with Jesus, and when he saw Jesus in all of his glory and majesty, he fell at his feet as though dead. Can you imagine that? I can promise you I have not and probably will not Fall as though dead at anyone's feet. Period. I can actually pretty much guarantee that. But the image of Jesus caused John to fell as though he was dead because he was so, so amazed by that. So, that is the image of Jesus that we must have, that we need to have, that we need to remind ourselves every day, not just on Sunday morning. It's what What John saw was the one true living God of the universe, the creator of all things, right? John didn't see just a friend or a buddy, a mate, a bro, or a rabbi, or a teacher, or a prophet, because that's what Jesus was, right? That's what they called Jesus when he was walking. If John saw those things, he would not have fallen as though he was dead. So keep that image in mind the next time that we feel the presence of Jesus among our midst when we worship, which is I feel every Sunday. So that statement is a reminder for myself is if Jesus is like that and when we are worshiping and he's here, that caused me actually a moment of being vulnerable. I usually just kind of bring a cup of coffee and just take some sip during worship time until I actually read this verse and I realized, man, I shouldn't be drinking coffee during the worship time when the presence of God is here because I may just fall down. I'm going to drop that cup, and it's going to be ridiculous. But just keep that in mind of who Jesus is when we go and worship him. So John saw someone that truly fits the definition of God, right? The only one worthy to be called God. Oh, I just want to make sure I'm not getting on anybody about drinking or having coffee, by the way. I'm just sharing a personal revelations for me (laughs) i just want to make sure i say that um so this passage should be one of the many descriptions in the dictionary when we look up who is god they should just copy this under the definition of god because this god jesus christ that we know hair as white as snow right eyes like blazing fire surrounded by seven golden lampstands feet like bronze glowing in the furnace a voice like the sound of rushing waters. Mouth with sharp, double-edged sword. Face like the sun shining in all its brilliance. That's what we should have in that definition. This is not the same definition of God that is being thrown around very casually. If you like me, you see and you hear people say this all the time, right? He's a basketball God. He's a golf God. He's a football God. He's uh, all kind of gods. Even we just went to see a movie, Thor, Love and Thunder. There's all types of gods out there. <laughs> the, the definition of God has been completely watered down and perceived as someone with human emotional faults, right? Selfish, greedy, uh, self indulgence, uh, oblivious to, our, to the surrounding, oblivious to uh, unaware of what's going on because those gods were very selfish. We even see that coming through in the dictionary. If you look up in the the, the dictionary, the definition of God from the Merriam-Webster dictionary is this. Number one is actually a good definition. Number one, the the being perfect in power, wisdom, and goodness, who is worshipped as creator and ruler of the universe. But here's the second definition that's that's seeping in. A being that is worshipped as having more than natural attributes and power. If someone is just have more than natural, natural attributes and powers, would you want to shape your life and follow that person? I wouldn't, and I would recommend that you guys wouldn't either. You want someone who is a being that's perfect in power, in knowledge, in wisdom, in goodness. That is who we want to follow. Because the second definition seems to be preferred by society because it is easier to make fun of, right? It's easier to discard, throw it aside, so that we can do what we think is best or what we like to do. The second definition is not what John saw, right? If John saw someone who has more than natural attributes or powers, I can guarantee you, he would not fail as though he was dead. The second definition is not Jesus Christ. He's the first definition. Perfect in power, in wisdom, and goodness. It is important to be reminded again for all of us of who Jesus Christ is, myself included. So the greater ever revelation of Jesus equates to, equates to the greater of our conviction, our conviction in making sure that Jesus Christ is the living, present, bright reality as put Charles Spurgeon, as, as in his statement. Because when Jesus Christ is the living present bright reality in our lives we will be able to confidently answer the question what should i do with my life what should i do now what is god calling uh, me to do now how should i handle this question if jesus is the living present bright reality which is if he is like that then we can there's a path that he's laid out for us, that we can walk out that path with confidence and conviction, living out the life that he has created for me, for me to live, for each and every one of us to live, right? So the doubts and fears and lies and pressures from the the society and the, the world around us will fall away, but will fall out of the picture. It's because when we keep our focus on Jesus, nothing is louder than the sound of rushing waters. I think i said that earlier right if you guys ever try to go to the waterfalls, nothing is louder than the sound of the russian waters i said earlier sometimes i i felt like i could not even hear myself think because it was so loud but if jesus is that for us we will always hear his voice and never hear the voices from the enemy from the people who's trying to steer us somewhere else And if Jesus is the living, present, bright reality, nothing is brighter than the sun in all its brilliance. If you guys look in the sun and look at something else, I'm sure you will know. Well, after you're blinded by the sun, you will know that there's nothing else brighter than the sun. So we will not see anything else except for Jesus. We will not be tempted by other things. If we keep our focus on Jesus, nothing can defeat his sharp, double-edged sword so if we have struggles and obstacles and the enemies are telling us lies and throwing dots at us and trying to get us convicted we know that jesus is with us and he has a sharp double-edged sword and also if we get to know more of who jesus is and making sure that he's a living present bright reality no lies can withstand his eyes are blazing fire which is the truth When we go up against the truth, nothing can stand against it. Um, I'll be very vulnerable here. Before I was saved, which is a few years ago, (laughs) before I was saved, it was very easy for me to tell little white lies here and there. But what I realized was whenever you tell a little lie and the truth confronts you, it's almost like, whoa, you shrink back. And that's what happened is when we have Jesus and he's with us, his truth will always confront the lies that we face, the lies that we hear. And we will always be able to stand up and stand tall and recognize I am in the right. I have the truth of Jesus with me. I will continue to walk out and do the things that God has called me to do. So our enemies cannot stand up against the truth. So this is an image of our living God. So keep that image in mind. I would encourage you guys to go home and read that passage again. Read it again because Jesus, if I can say this, he is not, he is not still hanging hanging on the cross. He's still not on the cross. He died on the cross already. But right now, this is what he looks like. This is what Jesus looks like right now so if we know that we can make life decisions according to what jesus tells us to do instead of what everyone else tells us to do right let's be what jesus created for us to be instead of what people even though some people who may love us and have good intention tell us to be be what jesus has called us to be i I know i shared this before as an asian grow up in the asian family you only have what two choices engineer or three engineers lawyers or doctors right that's only three occupations in an asian family but if i listen to my parents those are one of the three things that i would have but no i'm using that as an example because they love me they want to make sure that i have a good job right so that's what i'm trying to say is that those who may love us and have good intention for us but we need to know who jesus had created for us to be and what he had called us to do so we can fully walk into the, in ma- the amazing inheritance that He has set aside for us. Let's be what Jesus created for us to do. Let's look into His eyes, of blazing fire. I love that. Look into His eyes, a blazing fire, to learn the truth. Instead of going to some self-help books or some some like gurus know-it-all that will tell us what to do, look into His eyes, of blazing fire then the truth will stare back at us and will set us free and will point us in the direction that we need to, to go into. Let's live and prioritize according to his teachings, right, instead of man's teachings. This doesn't apply to you two kids, okay? You got to listen to mom and dad first. Live and prioritize according to his teachings instead of man's teaching or our own desires. Follow Jesus because he always knows what's best for us. He knows what's going to happen in the beginning. He knows what happened at the end. So he will know what's best for us. So trust in him. Follow his teaching. And I want to bring this morning to a close by reading the description of Jesus again over all of us. Actually, you know what I want to, I want to encourage, let's close your eyes. I want to, everyone, let's close your eyes and imagine this. Picture this. Imagine this Jesus that we are worshiping, that we love. This is the Jesus that wants to spend time with us. This is what he looks like. Dressed in a robe reaching down to his feet and with a golden sash around his chest. The hair on his head was white like wool, as white as snow. And his eyes were like blazing fire. His feet were like bronze glowing in the furnace, and his voice was like the sound of rushing waters. In his right hand, he held seven stars, and coming out of his mouth was a sharp, double-edged sword. His face was like the sun shining in all its brilliance. That is the Jesus that we worship. That is the Jesus that we honor and glorify. That is the Jesus that we, we get up in the morning for. That is the Jesus that we make the tough decision for. That is the Jesus that we live for. That is the Jesus that we put our faith in. I mean, you can, you can open your eyes now. You can keep your eyes closed, fall asleep if you want. But that is the Jesus that we are following, not just some unknown God, an absentee God that would just show up when we want him to, And goes away when we want to do things our ways that is the jesus that we sing to this morning this image is and should be the jesus that we sang to earlier right no one else is worth it for us to sing to i can promise me that no one else is worth it for me to sing to and i hope that's the same for all of you guys except for jesus so this image is and should be the jesus that will guide our steps throughout the week if we don't know what's going on on Monday or Tuesday, think of this image and seek him out. His eyes of blazing fire will speak truth into us, and he will guide us and show us where to go and what to do. And this is and should be the Jesus that will fight our battles for us. Don't try to rely on our own abilities. Most of the time we will lose. But Jesus is undefeated. The only undefeated king relied in him. This is the Jesus that believes that each of us is worth it for him to die on the cross. That's how much he loves each and every one of us. So if we ever feel like, well, maybe we're not that worth it because I've done so many bad things or I didn't quite live the most righteous life, he thinks that we are worth it. That amazing Jesus thinks that we're worth it. Keep that in mind. This is and must be the Jesus that we know. That is our heart and our desire at restoration. I shared that earlier. Is we want to be known as people who love Jesus. We don't want to be known as the, 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 the church that has a nice setup or the church that has, you know, the bright lights or the church that has to worship. There's nothing wrong with those things, by the way. But we want to be known as a church of people who love Jesus, who love Jesus wholeheartedly, love Jesus passionately, and live for Jesus with all that they have because That is the image of the Jesus that we know and that we have. Otherwise, it would not be worth it for us to coordinate our lives around him. Because if Jesus is not at the center, that means something else is. There's always something at the center of our lives. Is it Jesus or is it someone else or is it something else? Because if we don't know him like that, We will unintentionally put someone or something in the center of our lives and coordinate everything around it. Would you rather be led by Jesus or by something or by some philosophy or by something else or or some fame and status? Because if we know who Jesus is, we realize that it's worth it. And if that is not the Jesus that we know, then we will make tough life decision in order to appease that something or someone else, because that something or someone else is at the center of our life, versus make tough decision for Jesus and because of Jesus. So I want to end by saying, whatever it is, whoever it is, it may sound nice and good, but when we put... That person or that thing up against Jesus, the image, the description that we just read, it will pale in comparison. It will pale in comparison. So I want to end by saying, get to know more of Jesus so we can place him in his proper place, which is above everything and everyone else. And we can place him at the center of our lives and make our decision around who Jesus is and what he has called us to do and to be. So, amen. Um, okay, let's pray. One well, let you guys stand, and I'll pray over us. Stretch your legs also at the same time, and I'll pray over us. Lord Jesus, we just want to thank you for you, God. I just thank you for the revelation that we have from you, Jesus Christ, that the revelation that we have of you Jesus christ the revelation that we have about you jesus and i just ask holy spirit i ask in the name of jesus that you will give us a greater revelation of you god the image that we just saw i just pray that it will shine brighter that will be louder than everything and anyone that is around us lord and i just pray for confidence and conviction to live the life that you have set aside for us, to follow you and pursue you wholeheartedly with all that we have. I just pray for that over each and every one here, Lord Jesus. And I just pray that for those, if anyone here that you don't know Jesus like that, either raise your hand or I'll come up here and I would love to spend time and pray for a greater revelation of Jesus to you. To know him like that, to know of his power and his majesty and his glory and, and more importantly, is to know that he died for each and every one of us. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We love you and we praise you and we honor you. And I just pray right now that from here on out that we may live a life with you at the center of our lives, Jesus. We love you. And we pray to all these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks again for listening. We hope you were encouraged. Don't forget to connect with us through our website, restoration.life, as well as on Facebook and Instagram.